This episode brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. And auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Hey, everyone. I'm Brenda. And I'm Julia. And you're listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Your 20s are known as both the most exciting and most confusing years of your life. We're here to share our stories, to have real and raw conversations, and best of all, to make you feel a little less alone. This podcast was brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our 20s podcast. Where did that, e- like, where did you even find that sound effect within you? I don't know. I just felt inspired. I feel like we need to, like, liven up our our bodies and our, and our voices because it's Saturday morning. Okay, yeah. Should I, should, I, should I do it again? I wish that you guys could have seen Brenda's face. It was a face of pure shock. <laughs> It just it just built up. He has no oh words. He has no words. Okay. No, anyway, no, no words. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to Roaring Twenties podcast. You're in the right place. Don't be alarmed. Uh, and today it is a gloomy Saturday morning here in New York. We're feeling a little tired, but we're so excited for this episode. I'm really excited for this episode because um, this episode's gonna be a little bit different than usual because our very own Brenda Alderet is gonna share some of her story and journey. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear it because I think that she is really awesome and inspiring and cool and powerful and all those good words and I think that her story is going to help a lot of people feeling a little less alone. Hi Brenda. That's the goal. That's the goal. Oh my god. Should Hi I... Julia. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Should I give you an intro? Should I give you an intro like uh, off the bat? Sure. And then we'll do Pride and Pickle. Love. Okay, I'm gonna make it up. Okay. Brent Alderet was born in Paraguay and raised in New York. She's 25 years old. Nope, she's 24. (laughs) Incorrect. I never know anybody's age. Okay, she's 24 years old. She loves. (laughs) What do you love? She loves spinning on her spin bike, taking long walks outside. Her boyfriend. I sound so interesting. <laughs> and flower pots. <laughs> That's all you need to know. That's all. That's really it. <laughs> That's it. That's all there is to me. Pretty one-dimensional. All I do is. Oh, all she graduated from Quinnipiac University and has dedicated her life to flower pots. Tell us about that. Let's not get that far. <laughs> I I would like to deny the question due to my lack of comfort. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyway, that was a terrible intro. You know Brenda well. It's okay. You guys know her. <laughs> I like to think so. Well okay. enough, especially after this many episodes. I know, right? If you've been listening <laughs> if you've been listening to all of these what episodes? Like 23, 24 episodes. Um you know us pretty dang well. But there's oh, so much left to know. There's a musical group outside my window. <laughs> Oh, it's just a garbage show. What are they doing? I don't know, but it sounded like a band. It was just garbage, man. Did you think that you were given, like, a a quartet? What's it called? Someone's being set to your house. Like carolers? Like in a restaurant? Mm -hmm. No, no. But, like, not carolers, because I was thinking instruments. Yeah, I just thought it was, like, maybe a band doing it for rehearsal, but alas, it was just the garbage people. Who, like, thank you, sanitation workers, for still doing your job. All the frontline workers. Thank you, thank you. Absolutely. But that wasn't a band. (laughs) <laughs> no, pretty disappointing, I have to say. Pretty, I did, pretty. I, honestly, I heard, I heard that too, because I hear mm-hmm. like you and not myself in the setup, and I it sounded like a ship, like a ship getting ready to dock. Yeah, so we were really yes. on two totally different, totally different wavelengths. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, I think it is time for <clears throat> Pride and Pickle. It's definitely time. 
with an intro like that, it's it's always time. Um, so I'll start, even though it off. it's really early, to recap my week. Um, my pride. I know yours. Do you? Yeah, what? Oh, yeah. How did okay. you do yeah. this week? You did one amazing thing this week. What was it? Just one. Just That's one. about where your capacity is, because all you do is walk, spin, talk to your boyfriend, and talk about flower pots. <laughs> Okay, um, so this week I was super excited. I know that I shared like a bunch of episodes ago that I was going to speak for some sorority women about helping them heal and some tips during quarantine especially and also just how to align with their highest selves. All the stuff that I'm passionate about talking about was really cool, but I got to do it over Zoom um, and it was awesome. The feedback was really, really kind and beautiful and empowering so I loved that and I hope to do more things like that in the future um and my pickle is just that I, I don't know quarantine's really taking a weird again there are so many worse things but it's taking a weird toll on just like my thoughts I, I recognize like some days I feel like they're unbelievably irrational um or like my worries are unbelievably irrational and then by the end of the day or the next day, I'm like, why was I thinking that? Like, that is so not the truth. So um, I'm doing my best during this time to just kind of lessen the intensity of where those emotions are coming from and just acknowledge that, like, if these things are still present after quarantine, like, I'll deal with them then because so many situations are morphed like just like relationship also mm-hmm. friendship stuff like literally like simple stuff and I don't even mean like some deep things but like I think there's just so much is coming from a place of fear and I feel like I'm allowing myself to give into the fear and give into the worry when I don't think there's actually that much at all reason to do that yeah it's hard to make any kind of like real decisions or to to be able to be really like logical or and like a third party to yourself when we're in a time that like emotions are so heightened so I think it's really smart to like acknowledge this is how I'm feeling like these are the things that I'm feeling about these things but and I'm gonna allow myself to like feel those feelings and you know deal with them the way I need to but I'm going to like in a way put them off a little bit until my I'm in a better more logical headspace yeah and I think it goes for like literally anything like even I don't know, I feel like maybe during this time someone could spark an idea of what career they want or what job they want to go into and it's just like, I don't know, it's it's hard because there's so much out of our control that it's just like, is this a time to make a, I don't even know, like it's just, I think just having, it's so hard not to judge thoughts, but I think there's just so much uncertainty that it causes a lot of fear, a lot of worries and it has one thought spiral into so many other ones and you're like, hold on, like let's just let's just halt for a second and think about this and I I think it's almost there are days where it's so easy to focus on the good and there are days where I feel like I'm just making up some bad stuff that doesn't exist so yeah working through that and continuing to power through yeah and I just I think like even out of quarantine that 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 applies like if you're ever in a place where you know you it's like let's say you get in a fight you know like that's not a good and your emotions are really heightened like that's not a good time to make a decision about anything you know it's it's a lot of times it's better to like acknowledge the way we're feeling and then like step away and come back when we can be a little more um just like logical and less emotional sometimes not all the time but sometimes right Um, no definitely in the heat of the moment it's never never ideal (laughs) yeah yeah not usually ideal But my pride and pickle this week are my pride is really being very um, excited about getting rolling with the network and like getting everything set up and I'm just so, I'm just so happy to have joined Believe and I'm just so excited for all that's to come with them and this week has really been like, okay, we're, we're rolling, we're doing it with them and so that's like been really exciting to get this like off the ground in that sense. Um, so I'm really proud of us. And for that, I guess my pickle is like, I get a lot of things. I've been getting a lot of anxiety when it comes to like technology, like like texting, even Zooming, or like when Chris is on his technology, like for some reason, like phones and computers and like that stuff like has given me a lot of 
like strange anxiety and um that actually happens like a a lot a lot to me but like it's definitely been heightened in quarantine and like a lot of times like I know people won't hear from me and they're like where are you it's because like I really just like put my phone down and like don't answer and don't look at text and like stuff because that's like important to me because for some reason text messages gives me a lot of anxiety sometimes uh but it's definitely been heightened in quarantine and um I guess I just would love to find a way to like you know not not allow it to have so much power over me and like putting it down and doing something else definitely helps but like when I go to that time to pick it up because I see that I have like 50 mixed missed text messages or whatever like it's like it's literally like such a rush of anxiety so yeah I guess I should probably deal with that yeah I mean no I think that makes a lot of sense especially if it's something that you were dealing with before to feel like well this is my only way to communicate with people now Mm -hmm. um can feel extra stressful because it's like I obviously value these relationships I obviously care about what everyone has to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's it's your only way to connect with them during this time. So I can absolutely see how that would be more stressful. Yeah. And it's not about what the content of the texts or whatever are. Like, it's not about what anyone has to say or what anyone's doing. It's about, like, the literal medium that is stressful. Because, of course, like you said, like, I want to know what's going on with, like, my friends and my family, and, like, I want to hear their stories and talk to them and, like, blah, 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 and connect with them. It's just, like, the actual medium of the cell phone or, like, the text message or, you know, I don't know. But I wonder if other people are feeling that way. I wonder, too. I really do. Because I think there's so many, and we love them, but I feel like there are so many, like, Zoom parties and just everything needing to constantly keep up in that way that I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that feel that too. Yeah, yeah. And I have definitely set up boundaries with myself about it. Like, I in the morning, I don't touch my phone for the first half hour because, like, I know that I'll get, like, that'll, like, shoot my cortisol up right away in the morning and I don't like to do that. So unless it's, like, to turn on a meditation, I, like, don't touch my phone for the first half hour. And, like, I do, like, put it down and walk away from it for a lot of times during the day so I could, like, be present and stuff. But I don't know. But anyway, on to, on to to bigger and better things um so Brenda what are you what are you going to talk to us about today I feel like it's better in your words than mine is it okay um so on Friday we have an incredible guest Jessie Jean I've brought her up truly so many times I cannot wait for everybody to hear her episode it's truly amazing amazing she is amazing and hopefully you guys will now see like why I'm like love everything that she says everything that she does because she speaks so eloquently but she also has so much knowledge and such a warmth and like grace to her it's incredible so anyway um the reason i bring that up is because jesse's episode describes her backstory what she does as a coach how she's evolved how she helps women today and um that means my episode is going to be a little insight on how not only how I got to know Jesse, but how she's helped me heal, where all this kind of started for me. Um, in relation to food. In and relation body. to food and body, yes. And yeah, so there's there's so much to say, and I don't even know really where to start. So Julia's going to help us guide that. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little different because I'm going to kind of, I mean, Brenda's going to talk and we're just going to talk to each other, but I guess I'm going to prompt her a little bit more on the way more than like what we usually do of like, here's Brenda's opinion, here's my opinion. So I think that'll be exciting and fun. Uh, but yeah, so I guess what I'm interested to know, and I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to learn a lot too. Like I know that we, we talk about this stuff a lot, but I feel like I'm going to learn a lot and I've been learning so much through you, uh, about this topic. And so I always feel grateful to you that you always share with me because for someone who hasn't dealt with a struggle in relationship to food, I think that we could be very, unknowledgeable and so it's been a really big help to me to hear your story and others stories to understand what that what that struggle is like so thank you Brenda for always sharing with me yeah absolutely and And you're always I have to say with like any information that you ever hear about and take in you just are so I don't know I feel like the way I've always seen you take in this information is in a way of like okay like this adds to my knowledge about how I go about everyday life and about the world and I appreciate you saying that because I think you're right and I think that this struggle with with people and, and body image and how they feel in their bodies and then how that relates to how they see food and how whether they fear it or whether they 
crave certain foods more than others um, based on how their mental state is around it. I think it impacts how they carry themselves throughout the world and just mm-hmm. having another layer of knowledge in how to deal with that or how to like receive their comments or which comments to make back mm-hmm. to kind of help them in a response as opposed to like continue to prevail any cycles is, is really powerful. So yeah. Totally. And I think like any good friend wants to know how to support their friend best in whatever area of life they need support in. So I think the more that you can like learn about, you know, your friends and what their personal struggles are in in any topic is like amazing and especially in this topic I feel like I I think that most women in our age group deal with some sort of you know insecurity about body but that could be very different for everybody else like when I think about my insecurity with my body it really comes from like comparison to like others on like social media and that usually results like in like me feeling like oh I need to exercise more like blah 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 but like I've never had the experience where like that makes me relate to you know a negative a negative um, feeling towards food, which I know it has for you. So like it's, I think it's so important to realize that like, even though maybe it's a struggle that like a lot, a lot of people are dealing with that we all see it very differently. And the way that we relate to it is like Mm -hmm. very different for every individual person. Yeah. And I definitely agree. I think so many women and men struggle with their bodies and with the idea of what a perfect body or an ideal like physique looks like to them. Um, and I think there is so much information that's put out there. Like I, I really believe marketing. Like I'll, I'll be straight up out there. Like mm-hmm. I believe most things. Um, that pe- like for example, even something with like skincare. Like if it says rapid lightning serum for like acne scars I'm like oh my gosh that must be the one I have to get the rapid one um and then I have to take a step back and be like hold on like their intent is for me to buy this and the same thing goes Mm -hmm. for now anything that's that's from the the diet industry because you think about it and you see all these keywords of like lose weight fast lose x amount fast Mm -hmm. and it's like Mm You see it everywhere and they're the hard part about it is that these companies are playing off of the fear that people have of not being enough in the body that they're in, of the fear that people have of not being loved or either continuing to be loved by someone or like finding love at all in the body that they're in because there's so much or be worthy of love absolutely in in the body that they're in so people invest so much money I like from the moment I didn't even have much like income at all I would spend my birthday money I would spend so much on diet pills on like resets on like all these things but we'll get into that so it's it's just Mm -hmm. crazy how we can be so convinced Mm -hmm. um, of all these things and the hardest part is that all anything that's short term you're so much more likely to gain the weight back that you lose during that time just because it's so fast and our bodies are smart our bodies want us to stay you know in a in homeostasis like they don't want things to change so mm-hmm. that is also why people who do pursue weight loss have so much frustration mm. because it can be tricky like it, it is strategic and it is about consistency and I'm not encouraging people to lose weight during this this um like right now in this moment at all Um, But just to share that that is like part of the frustration that people face Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. And and going back to marketing, it's like all day long. I feel like we scroll through Instagram and we see like, you know, whoever promoting this product or promoting this pill or promoting or like, you know, it's very hard to weed that out. And like I saw like on Mix Saison's Instagram the other day, she she's amazing. We've talked about her before. Uh, She's very, very good friends with Gabby Mail that we we had on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, I really like her page and she like had posted like the number that of I wish I I wish I wrote it down but it was like the number of dollars that have gone into the diet industry this year and like when when she uses the word diet she's not talking about like diet like oh this is my diet this is what I eat she's talking about dieting to lose weight and like the number was crazy like how much money people spend towards this because we so desperately feel a lot of us like we have to look a certain way mm-hmm, absolutely and and it's definitely in the billions so it's yeah it's, it's crazy. crazy I think I've ever passed like 60 billion but it's it could be more at, at this point um but I love everything that Mick shares because I think she's she sheds so much light on just like her she always uses the hashtag normalized normal bodies and I also just want to say that there's no I've I really have now I feel like I'm all over the place but 
I, I'm not shaming anyone. Like, the intent of this episode overall is not to shame anyone. Like, if you no. feel like you want to be more healthy and fit and strong, there is nothing to me now at this point inherently wrong with the act of weight loss. It's all about how you feel no. about it how you mm-hmm. and how you internalize it and what aspects of your day it takes up, how it makes you feel. Like, if there's something I, – I know there's less – way less people, but I know there are people that are able to pursue – like a more a healthier or more fit lifestyle or even just a blank slate say like who pursue weight loss and Mm -hmm. are fine emotionally because they're so in check they're so logical about it oh yeah absolutely um, a majority of people who pursue weight loss absolutely get their emotions tied into it so I just think it's really keeping yourself in check emotionally and, and feeling out what's best for you totally and I think that's really important you said that but because like of course there are healthy ways if you want to to lose weight it's just that what we are kind of talking about today is when when that process dips into being unhealthy for your mental health exactly and I think there's such a clear line between that um and to emphasize that you don't have to lose weight for love or to be worthy or any of those things whatsoever Mm -hmm. and we're really really taught to believe that you kind of have to or you kind of should or that it's probably not possible if you don't and I we we both definitely don't believe that whatsoever so uh, at the end of the day whatever is best for you in the way that takes and to keep your mental health in, in check. Totally. And I think this will be clearer once we kind of get more into your story. But so, I mean, do this however you feel comfortable doing it. Um, maybe you could take us through like where where your wanting to lose weight loss journey kind of started and then mm-hmm. how it started to become an unhealthy journey for you. Yeah, definitely. So when I... I always struggled with body body image throughout my entire life. I always felt like I was bigger compared to most of my friends. I always thought about my my weight and my appearance. I think too, just like even though we were kids, like being in theater, I always thought like, huh, what you know, what part do I look like? What part can I look like? Am I too big for that part? Like, will I be seen as this, like, beautiful princess or will they want to put me in, like, a more, I don't know, a different kind of role? Um... And I think just in general, like when like boys and all this stuff came around that we started like getting interest in, I would constantly be like, okay. Um, and I can't imagine how this stress feels now today because I felt it as a as a like thirteen year old, twelve year old, whatever. Um, yeah, without like, okay, without Instagram, yeah. a thirteen or twelve year old like, without Instagram, okay, just... and now they have Instagram, which is even crazier. Exactly. So now, like, I I constantly found myself wondering, like, am I pretty enough? Am I am I like I just really attributed. I didn't believe anything differently. Like, I really attributed beauty to being small, and I never felt that I was small like I always just acknowledged that I was bigger and I feel like I was always trying to lose weight even when I was younger and when I think I was 15 I I I just found myself crying a lot throughout my life over my body and it wouldn't be like when I say a lot I mean throughout my life at different times not like consistently so whenever I would get in a moment of like stress or frustration or like um, an emotional breakdown and and be like mom dad like I just want to be like smaller I just want to lose weight and as parents, like, I don't blame them in the slightest because as parents, like, you want to fix the hurt that your child is feeling. And I think that you can only, like, really judge based on what people know. And my mom, and really my dad as well, have so learned about this topic through my experience. And my mom follows Mick. I just, when I went upstairs to go grab my water, I, I saw her watching her stories. And it just, it amazes me how open they have been to learning differently than what they've known. Um, But anyway, they said, okay, so like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to lose weight. I want to go to a weight loss center. I want to blah, 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 blah. Um, so I attempted weight loss and did like successfully quote unquote lose weight a few times in my life but I always found myself gaining weight back um however at the at the times when I was younger I really just incorporated my unhealthier habits back um more quickly just because I didn't like the structure and all that stuff so I feel like like in I'm trying to think of experiences when I was younger um I remember in sixth grade there was a boy and he told me when I was he said you have such a pretty face. How did he word it? You have, you would be so pretty if you were skinny because you have such a pretty face. Like something like that. Wow. Um, and, and I, and I was not the only person that he said that to. Um, but I was, I just remember being like, huh. 
Like this really, just like the idea of someone else noticing that Mm. was very weird. And, And honestly, when I was younger, I was a lot taller than most people. And that's changed at this point. But um, I just always felt big. And I remember I've always carried myself throughout my life as though like I have something to apologize for because of being bigger. Like I really feel like in the way that you said in that episode about like shrinking yourself, I've always felt that. I've always felt like I have like shrunk my personality and, and my everything just because I've always felt such a shame that like everybody knew that I was bigger and that that was something that I should be like upset about and that I should be actively trying to change. And it's so interesting that there are people who like don't even really think about this and then that I just really believed that like I should be going throughout life like actively trying to pursue weight loss and I believed that everyone that was believed with a capital B um that I everyone that was in a bigger body of any sorts like was actively either successfully or unsuccessfully attempting to change their body Mm. and yeah so anyway my mom and dad after I cried and cried and I don't I think I just had a probably a weird body image day and asked them to take me to a weight loss center so we did and um the biggest there were points where I definitely had much unhealthier habits I didn't really exercise much throughout my life consistently and I didn't really eat any vegetables I didn't really you know but despite what my parents would make for dinner I really found myself going more for like chicken nuggets and like all that stuff and then um I had this night I forgot about this um (laughs) all the girls are gonna get a little confessional right now because they don't know this to this day. But my friends and I went to Atlantic City for Chelsea's 21st birthday. And I had a night where I tried on an outfit and going out was really hard for me because I would never find like outfits that I felt confident in or comfortable in by any means. And I feel like most not to generalize, but often going out clothes are like a little bit tighter and a little bit, you know, shorter and Mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I never felt comfortable in that. So we went out to Atlantic City and the first night we had so much fun and then the second night I remember I just hated what I was wearing. I couldn't find anything that looked right. I didn't feel stylish and I always had like an issue with that nothing fit right. Um, And we went out and I remember I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I was just like so disgusted with what I saw that I texted all my friends. Wow, they're gonna be like, what the heck? I texted all of them and said, I'm just not feeling good. I'm just gonna like stay in the bathroom. And I just sat in the bathroom stall and cried the whole night. And they thought I was having some stomach problems, but I totally was not. I just was so unhappy in my skin. And I remember I sat, this is kind of disgusting actually, but I sat on the toilet with my clothes on and I was writing in a note like all of the reasons why after that day I would make an effort to change my body and all of the reasons like I I probably have the note right now and it it was just like remember this feeling remember how disgusting you feel remember that nothing fits you right and that every time you want to eat something that's unhealthy that remember this moment like you can't enjoy time with your friends because you are bigger than them and and I did and because of my like type a like that I can have I think an obsessive personality in some ways that serves me in a positive way and in some ways that doesn't like this for example I just have always wanted to achieve and I get competitive with myself so I was like all right well you said it now show yourself that you can do it Mm -hmm. so that next day I signed up for Orange Theory I loved it and then it was time to go back to college so I told my family I'm like okay you know what I really am super super busy I don't have time to cook I don't have time to do any of those things so I really think it would be helpful for me to go to a weight loss center like have the food be prepared for me and me not have to think about much and just eat the food and Mm -hmm. I just had such a level of determination and I also like was told that I could be like that I was pre-diabetic at that time so I was like okay like this isn't this isn't just you know after I got my head on a little more straight um, before going back to school I said nope like this is really about health this is really about health so I had that focus and it was great um, and I 
felt fine and all these things, but then like numbers started coming into play a lot. And I honestly did lose weight really, really rapidly with this weight loss program. I remember I lost like, I think 40 pounds in three months, which is a lot. And I remember throughout that time, I, every time that my, my boyfriend would come to visit, every time Chris would come to visit, I'd be like, okay, I hope I'm just like a little bit smaller than when he saw me last. And I remember the person that I was seeing, my coach would say to me, when was the last time you saw your boyfriend? And I was like, oh, I saw him, um, I think like two weeks ago. She's like, oh, well, you've lost seven pounds since then. And I would like, wow. be like yes. You're right, you're right. Um, so it just was, it was such a numbers game. And I remember being so like addicted to the scale and really, really letting it determine my worth and when things started getting more complicated was when other people started noticing. Mm -hmm. And I remember people would start like complimenting me or just saying, hey, you know, you you look you look really good. You look skinny. Like you look all this stuff. And people responding so positively to that. Although I know like they had every positive intention and and nothing negative at all to, to share. Like I really, it really made me start to think like what was so wrong with me then? How big was I then? Especially if I was still having moments of, although I knew I was losing weight actively, I was still uncomfortable in my body. Mm -hmm. So for me to still feel uncomfortable now and for people to say, you look so good now. I'm like, so how bad, quote unquote, mm -hmm. did I look then? Right. Um, a compliment that, a, a comment that they think was a compliment and I'm sure intended to be a compliment, you were internalizing completely differently because of your experience. Exactly. I and think that's one of the biggest things that I've learned through you, Brenda, is like you don't know, like if, even if you think something is, you know, a positive or um, a, a compliment, you don't know how someone is going to receive that and like to think, even before you compliment, someone to like maybe think like oh is there a way I could phrase this better or you know because mm -hmm. everybody's experience is different so I've learned I've definitely learned that from you yeah it, it's so ugh, I don't know it, it's so crazy because it's funny that like just like a sentence could could impact someone so differently right and I mean think about that thing that that boy said to you in the sixth grade like it's yeah uh, it's crazy how we can carry something for so long like one sentence that somebody said to you in the sixth grade impacted your life all the way through into your 20s I mean it's crazy like how old were you in the sixth grade yeah. 10 11 yeah, and right. for th and to I... carry something like that for so long like of course that wasn't like mm -hmm. the only reason this happened like right. you know this happened for you but like it it obviously had an impact on you that you can still recall it. And it's just, it's totally, you know. absolutely. Especially coming from like a, a male, I think is interesting and like, oh, so is skinny beautiful? Is skinny what's lovable? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, it, it's just so interesting, especially because like someone saying one phrase can be internalized in so many different ways. Like someone complimenting my body to me was like, what did they think before? What happens if it changes next? What happens if I start to gain weight? How much mm -hmm. smaller do they think I should get? Like all of these questions coming about. And I think that it's really because I had so many like open wounds with my body that mm -hmm. I just even, yeah, I just, I don't know, like thinking back if anything would have been good enough for me at that time. And it never felt like it was like, even at my absolute mm -hmm. smallest and saddest, when I add in that same sentence um like it still wasn't enough and yeah so through college there were many <laughs> I think complications throughout the way I was super super rigid with following um the program with eating the food in the best like strictest way that I could I wouldn't allow myself to have anything further and then there were some time some nights obviously senior year like where we had formal and where we had all these events and I remember that like having like one brownie at formal or having like all these things I was terrified of how that would show on my weight like I remember being like so paralyzed like almost asking like my friends who knew that I was pursuing weight loss be like is this okay like are you sure this is okay mm -hmm. um and nobody because people know me as a human um and in the way that I've been before like sharing all these things and before understanding them nobody ever thought that I could experience something like that like I remember my friends being like no like not you and that's mm. how I felt too I was like there's no way like I there's I'm such a level-headed person I'm so you know driven there, there's just no way I, I can't be struggling with something like so deep but I remember I would the program that I was following was already very expensive and I was very like lucky at the time that my parents were paying for that um I didn't have a job throughout college so the money that I did have was very limited but I remember 
like my money that I did have would be absolutely used. Like money that grandma would send me like would be used towards like extra weight loss things. I remember I would get this like very specific set of, um, it was like a reset detox thing, even though I was on an extreme calorie deficit already being accompanied with running. So I would get these pills and every single time that I would have one thing off the program, I would have these pills and they would really hurt your stomach. They would not make your life very pleasant. Um, and I would also go, there was this juice bar a few towns over from school and I would spend $80 on a juice cleanse and eat, have do a juice cleanse for the whole next day as opposed to um, as opposed to having like the food that I was supposed to be eating and I just remember getting like very very obsessive like there was this one day where I proved like I I was never a runner and I think like fitness testing when we were younger can also be hard for people because it's like shit like where do I compare to all these people that are getting I this, hate this, those, those I hate that elementary school gym fitness test like oh, oh my, my god. god like I dreaded that right Ugh, it was awful and yeah even someone who like I like I I even dreaded it and I didn't even think I had it I had no kind of image of my body at that time like in elementary school but like I remember like and I'm like I'm pretty I'm pretty fit and athletic but like I'm a terrible runner and I used to like I remember I would like cry the day before the like my run <laughs> yeah because I was I would be embarrassed to be last like oh how yes. traumatizing <laughs> Seriously, it felt like an excruciating embarrassment. And I remember also, yeah. obviously, you were going to sweat. So I remember being so scared of people seeing me without makeup that I would bring my makeup to, to gym class and, like, touch myself mm-hmm. up after. But it's just so crazy. And I, I just co- tried to compensate so much for and I, and I saw it as discipline. Like, mm. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so disciplined. Like, the fact that I just had a brownie last night at formal and then today I'm, ha- I'm doing a juice cleanse, like, whoa. And there you was started this one. that as a positive thing? Yes. Like, I absolutely associated everything with, with discipline um, mm-hmm. and with being on the right track. Right. Um, and I never thought anything of it. And because I would remember, I think running is seen as such, like, a as an, an accomplishment, like, a really, really cool thing to yeah, be good is. at because it's very hard um everything's hard but you know I I think people will comprehend what we're trying to say and I think I was like you know what like I've seen all these ads and all that stuff that running like cardio is the best way to lose weight everywhere and blah 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 so I was like let me try it so I would try it and try it and then there was this one day I remember I texted Chelsea and I was like I just ran six miles in one hour and I didn't stop and that for me was like holy shit like whoa like the biggest accomplishment and she was like, no way, no way, like, oh my God. And then I, after that day, which was pretty early on in my journey, I said, you know what? I proved to myself that I can do that. So I should not let a day go by where I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, my, like my body deserves it, I would say. Right. And, 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 and an can... accomplishment like that can be a very positive accomplishment for people. Oh, but absolutely. Again, it goes back to like how you're associating it in your life. Like, yeah, and that could absolutely be a great and positive and solely positive accomplishment for someone. But for you, it wasn't because of the because of the association that it had with like the struggle that you were dealing with underneath. Right. And and I think because I I took it as as opposed to like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I should be super proud of myself. And like, yeah, now I know that my body's capable of this. Instead, I took it as okay, I can do this. So I have to do it often because right. I don't have an excuse to not do it if I'm capable of it. So that's kind of how I saw it. And then I would let, I I remember when I first started, like I would exercise just a few times a week and then it started getting to every single day. And I wouldn't, you know, I, I remember I would keep my like calendar of food I would eat on the fridge and how much I exercise. And I remember my roommates would come and be like, whoa, like that's a lot. That is a lot. And we would go on hikes and we would do all these things. And for already being at a calorie deficit, Deficit, like I was most likely burning off everything that I was eating and of mm. course that's gonna make you feel hungry and I just got obsessed with numbers I got obsessed with like how many miles I would run how long I would run them for uh what my weight was that day how many calories I was eating how many calories I could burn off like it was just very it was a big numbers game and just so much to have your life like dictated by that it is hard um especially I saw some uh, a quote yesterday that said if you're so focused on changing your body then how do you have the energy to change the world and so many all throughout my life I've always been like 
yeah, I want to change the world. I want to change the world. And it, that just like really hit me yesterday when I saw it because it's like there came a point where it took up so much mental energy that I didn't really have time to think about anything else between trying to compensate with other cleanses or like wanting to exercise or wanting to exercise more and wanting to prove to myself that I could. Like it was like a big proving myself, but the whole time really believing it was about discipline. And then I remember- it sounds, it sounds to me like, and tell me if this is how it felt for you, like that you were no longer dictating what you ate and how you exercised. It was dictating you. Oh, absolutely. And the way that I felt was abs- like 100% reflected on that I remember I would feel like the most excruciating guilt if I had anything like a carrot like even if it was like an extra carrot even though like vegetables are wonderful like I would just be thinking about the only way I really I led by the mantra the only way I will lose weight if is is if I'm at at this specific calorie deficit and if I run this specific amount Mm -hmm. um because I, I would literally say to myself at the end of the day like okay I'm losing weight today or um, okay, I guess I, I'm, I'm not losing weight today. And that's really awful because my parents are making a financial investment and this is taking up time and all that stuff. So right before I would go to bed every single day, I would feel hungry, obviously, but because I felt this like emptiness in my stomach, I like would take that as an accomplishment and waking up the next morning extra empty also felt like an accomplishment. So if mm-hmm. there was ever a day where it wasn't that way, I was like, oh, I guess I'm not losing weight today. And it was awful, mm-hmm. an awful feeling. So I just think like having so much like inner turmoil about stuff and like no one would look at you and, and know that that's going on. Yeah, um, of course not. People would I, just think like, oh, like she decided to lose weight. Like that's what she's doing good for her if that's what she wants to do. Like, you know, no one knows what was going on for you underneath all of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't really think that I fully knew either. Like, I really did associate it with discipline and it felt mm-hmm. good. Like, yeah. hearing those compliments felt good because it's like you are, in what you believe, working so hard, even if it's not benefiting you. And it it felt good to hear people, like, validating that. But then, of course, it was also, like, propelling certain thoughts and fears of, mm-hmm. like, what if this changes? Like, what if I don't want to eat at a calorie deficit for the rest of my life? What if I, you know, like, I didn't see a, a world where there would be, like, a balance. Where there, like, I always felt like I would have to be working really, really hard to maintain a certain look. Yeah. At this time, Bud, like, I know that you were restricting when it came to food and stuff. But, like, were you also restricting your social life I know because like you wouldn't drink so like were you restricting you know you were were you restricting how you were spending time with your friends and like blah 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 yeah I I definitely was um I think I tried to do the best that I could with it and like if people would go out to dinners and like all that stuff I would usually eat before um or I would like bring a snack, but I remember it got to a point where I was like, God, this like really sucks. Like I wish, I just feel, because not only is it, are you not participating in the atmosphere, which I don't, I think that sometimes obviously like if you don't want to eat when you go out to dinner, you just want to enjoy your company. It's all about how you look at it. But I was looking at it in the sense of like, whoa, like poor me, like poor me, this really sucks. And there's this like attention factor of like, oh, she's not eating with us because she's actively trying to lose weight. So Mm. not that people would say it in that way, but just like that, that thought that I was like, okay, like here I am, like the odd one out and, you know, events where I remember, you know, people would go to like Smorrisburg here in, in New York from Connecticut. And I'd be like, yeah, I just think that's going to be too hard for me. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I definitely feel like I missed out on social events until it got to a point where I didn't feel like I could. And like, I wasn't going to miss my senior formal and like all of these things. I, I don't think at the time in college that I really like enjoyed going out to begin with because I just felt very busy. But I also think that it was morphed by like, you know, not specifically knowing the calories and alcohol and, and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And also people tend to eat more calories after drinking alcohol. Totally. So I think I was just scared all around. Yeah. For sure. So that definitely played a role. And I remember the first time, I'm just remembering this now, the first time that I like ate more than I planned on eating, mm-hmm. we would have like all these fundraisers and our cafeteria would give us like, wow, this is so crazy. I They would give us like food and donate to our fundraisers. And sometimes like we would have so much food left over and I would bring it home for my roommates, but I would never have any. So I remember the first night that I like got home I had one cookie and then I had another cookie and then I had another cookie and I was like whoa what 
like what something's wrong with me this is like not gonna be okay i have to be waited and i just like didn't understand really and that had never really like yes have i been on a diet and eaten something i didn't plan to eat before absolutely but it just came from this like weird place that i wasn't fully grasping and then towards the end of the year we started having more and more like fundraisers and events and all that stuff and we would always bring freaking food back to our house so i remember i was in the basement of the of our house and i remember i like we got this trail mix and i just like had i literally brought the trail mix down to my room as people bring snacks to their room all the time but um i brought it and i remember like snacking on it more and more and i'm like what am i doing like why am i why am i eating i don't even want this but I felt this like weird, like almost compulsion to eat more food. And I didn't really understand why. And then that just like progressively got worse. Like after I got home from school, once I was like, okay, well, I don't, ha- what do I have left to show for myself? I'm not the president of this. I'm not on in this group. Like the only thing I can be good at right now, because my career isn't set in stone by any means, is I could try and be the fittest, most like, you know, mm. Mm-hmm. I can have the best physical transformation possible. So I became definitely like addicted to achieving that goal. And the more that I restricted, the harder that I was on myself for having one thing I didn't expect to have, like the more I felt like sad, the more I hated my body, the more strict I got with what I was consuming and what I wasn't. And yeah, I remember my first week I got home from college, I cried so much because I stepped on the scale and I told my parents like, I gained five pounds, like what am I gonna do? And also like for some explanation on that, like when you are gaining and losing weight, um, like if you're doing that so much and you're like shocking your body, like it's it's very possible to gain and lose numbers like more rapidly just because your body is like in a, in a shock. Um, somebody who's more scientific can, mm-hmm probably explain that better but it's just like kind of the reality of the way it is so I was just very like puffy very bloated and I like lost it I remember it was just not not a good time do you want to talk about binging at all yeah I can um so I kind of alluded to that with like trail mix yeah oh no I I totally can um I when did you kind of was there a time that you identified that as like this is what I'm doing like I am binging or was that not really in your yeah so I remember so I'm trying to think of what made me start to to think about it. I I think like honestly the whole trail mix thing. I started being like, okay, but why am I hiding this from my my roommates? Like, why am I like bringing trail mix downstairs? And I realized that it was because they were so supportive and obviously would never in, in a in a lifetime have any idea of what was going on. That they were being super supportive, and I knew that if they saw me eating trail mix, they would be like, hey don't be doing that. Like, you know, you, I, this is important to you. Shame. And I think I, yeah. And I didn't want to disappoint them. Um, and it's not that they wanted me to be smaller. They loved me. However, the heck I was, but they knew that I basically set this standard with them that if they mm. see me eating something I shouldn't be eating, they should help me and they should help me control that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So and they probably just think they they're just, did just what being I told supportive them. friends. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I've set that standard with many people in my life before. So it was hard to unlearn that later. But anyway, so I started like hiding that from them. And I didn't, I remember there was a moment, like the moment when I was saying with like cookies and stuff that I was like, why am I eating these? Like, it just felt so confusing. Mm -hmm. And, but I didn't at that time really go very like overboard to the point where I'll get into now. But I remember when I got home from school, I texted Chelsea and I like would send her a screenshot of like when I looked up binge eating, because I remember there were like some criteria that applied in the description and some that didn't. Right. So I remember Chelsea would be like, no, I really, I really don't think that that's what's going on. I really don't think so. And I was like, okay, okay, you're right. And because some things really didn't apply at the time. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy that as the months went on, everything applied. And it was weird that I, I didn't obviously manifest it, but like, it was just weird that this thing I I had a fear of falling into, I ended up falling into. Mm -hmm. And I remember the hardest, like there would just be days when I would, I'd never struggled with it before. So I wasn't really sure how do I identify it. But the way that Jesse describes it is like, that when you restrict so much, not only are you physically hungry, but that our bodies have a way of 
helping us survive and like triggering this like almost animalistic response to food but then also the mental like thing that we have towards it so for example for me i always had so much shame around sugar so like cookies chocolate all these things um and i was like okay i can't have that that's not good for me to have so of course like naturally you're gonna want it more and Mm -hmm. i remember i would go to i'm trying to think of examples like when i would go to work and then i would come home if i were to have like literally a handful of cereal i would be like shoot that's it for the day like i i've i've messed up i've messed Mm. up i'm not gonna lose weight today so i might as well eat everything that i can and i remember i would just snack and snack and snack and then it would start to hurt then it i would feel like then i would i feel like i would almost like lose i don't want to say lose consciousness because i don't think that's fully it but i would just feel like so compulsive Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't understand. I remember there were days where I've never told anyone this, but I would go to like something about acai bowls felt very off limits. So I would literally go to the acai bowl place and this was all within one summer and I would get an acai bowl and then I would order one to my house after shortly after. And like I the thought of that right now like makes my stomach hurt because and this is not judging anyone people eat differently people have different hunger cues but i was so out like my body was so out of touch with the hunger and fullness cues that i did not feel full after eating anything like i've it it just felt like this empty like hole and i of course felt extra shame around that because i'm like how is it that i am the smallest i've ever been and how i have so much space to eat so it seems and i think there's a lot of shame around eating more because i'm just like okay how is this possible like no wonder like i deserve to be fat i deserve to be like all these things look at how disgusting Mm. it is that i can eat this much and i remember trying to think about like when has this ever happened to me before like when have I ever felt this before and I didn't so I, I didn't know what to compare it to and my hardest day I remember I would send like a list of the things I ate to like some of our friends and mm-hmm. they would just be very confused no one was by any means trying to make me feel bad but I remember like getting responses of like wow that's like that's a lot that's a lot like are you okay like does your stomach hurt and I think because there's just there wasn't much knowledge about it um, or it wasn't really talked about in our circles that nobody really knew what to say but them telling me that this like how could you be doing that I was just trying to find someone to be like oh yeah that's happened to me too but I wasn't finding that right and I it would always happen for me like at night Mm -hmm. after I would be perfect throughout the day and then the last thing I would eat I'd be like oh well this isn't good Um, and then I eat whatever but to move this along because I'm talking so much um (laughs) the hardest day for me was when I went to drop my brother off at school and then I came back this was like at seven in the morning I came back and ate an entire box of chocolate whole box and I felt sick I felt so sick I was crying my eyes out and that day I was like okay I need to seek a therapist I need to seek a therapist to fix this because I refuse to gain weight back and of course I would compensate for all of these things with exercise which was also not ideal especially when you're feeling so sluggish so I like met with a therapist one time and then I was like she's gonna expect me to like try and even things out and gain some weight and I didn't want to do that so I just like tried to hold the reins in tighter and tried to continue dieting and exercising and it didn't work so that is when I found Jessie's program and she's just so warm and wonderful and provides so much knowledge and tools that make women feel like not crazy because it's something that can easily make you feel like what is wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's so, so common. And there are so many women I've met throughout my life that struggle with this and don't know how to articulate it to someone or just believe totally. that it's, it's them and no one else. But it's incredibly common. Yeah, it's it's just like it's I feel like I meet more and more people every day. The more that I open up that say, hey, I've totally. dealt with this. And I'm very lucky that I've only dealt with it for a short period of time. And I think the biggest takeaway from that is that me, like, reflecting on all this with you right now, I'm like, holy shit, I'm in a totally different place right now. You are, Like, those are not even thoughts or feelings. And I don't even feel, like, I would always feel these, like, crazy cravings for, like, sugar and stuff. But I don't feel any of that. Like, yes, of course, Mm. we like chocolate, absolutely. But it's crazy (laughs) to me that there's no, like... I don't know, there's no extra tie. Yeah. I guess, like, maybe this was the moment for you with, like, the chocolate, but was the, when did you realize that, like, okay, I, I am unhappy 
with the way that my association with food and body is affecting my life. So I need to make a change. I think what like pushed me to do that was an interaction that I had with Chris where I just like gave him an ultimatum that, hey, you can leave because I don't I don't know if this is ever going to get better. That really mm-hmm. triggered me to be like, wait, this doesn't sound like me. Like this isn't eight and a half year relationship that doesn't sound like something I actually want to let go of. Um, and I also I'll share this super quick anecdote. And then I think I know the question you're trying to ask, but he came up my remember my mom would be so scared of leaving me home alone that she would be like oh chris is off she would text him and just have him check on me and i remember we had this really really intense like conversation where he i every time that i would talk about weight loss him i would never give him numbers i would always give him um i would just say it in like in i'd just be like oh yeah i lost weight this week and it was so interesting to me that he, I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't make it seem weird, but it was like this big, like tough love, which I needed conversation <laughs> where he was like, I, like, why are you, why are you hiding behind like a number? And I remember I couldn't tell him how much I weighed and he didn't care, but he was trying to show me like how much fear and embarrassment I had around a number and how I let a number define mm-hmm. me. And I remember we sat for almost two hours at my house with me sobbing. And I, every time I would muster up the courage to tell him how much I weighed, it wouldn't come out of me. I, it was the, the most bizarre thing. Um, but it just really, it demonstrated just how much shame I had around it. Mm-hmm. And to answer your question, Ju, I think what made me, I honestly didn't realize that it was anything besides my weight until a little bit into Jesse's course. Like I signed up because I said, I'm crying daily. I literally can't function as a human being. I don't even remember what my dreams and goals are. Like I can't focus on anything but this. So I know I need help, Mm -hmm. but I don't think that I realized that it was more than me wanting to be smaller until a little bit into that healing journey when I started identifying, you know, what does a smaller body mean to me? What does Mm weight loss mean to me like all these things I honestly didn't didn't realize until a little while in yeah that that does answer my question and what I think like really has blown me away Brenna is like once you started your healing journey once you found Jesse's course and then decided to full force go down that journey like your healing journey was pretty quick I mean, I feel like you're in such Mm -hmm. a different space when did you start Jesse's course like a year ago yeah March 2019 yeah so a year like I mean it's crazy how much I have seen you change in just a year like for something that you struggled with for 10 years you were able to overcome to the most part I know that there's probably still a lot of days that are hard but like I just have seen you make such like an incredible change in your life and have seen you be so much happier and freer in just a year it's like amazing. Yeah, no, it is really crazy. And I think about all of the different phases that I feel like I've gone through within the past year. I feel like I had to go through a phase where I hated everything that culture and still do, but where I feel like I had to release this expectation of, of like fitness and everything. And then eventually come to a place where I'm able to morph the two and be like, I acknowledge that all these things exist and that they impact the way that we think, but I get to choose what my opinion is. And I can incorporate fit health and fitness and, and, you know, certain foods that maybe I would have eaten before, um, mm-hmm. but not have the same emotional attachment. And it just really proved to me that, that it's possible. And, and if you dive in head first, it's possible in, in a shorter amount of time too. I think that's what I love about Jesse's course is that it's not just like a talk therapy type of thing. Um, that it comes with community and accountability and, with with tools and with knowledge to understand why is this happening and what tools can I use to actively change it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just amazing. And I know that, I mean, I guess my question would be like for someone that is, for someone that is struggling, like what, what would be like the first thing that you would want to tell them? Yeah, I would want to tell them that it's okay and that they're not crazy because I think it's very easy to feel that mm-hmm. and that there is life beyond that struggle and that's if you've dealt with the specific struggle of binge eating for a few months or years and years of your life or if it's body image like whatever it is because I know that different times can bring about different reactions and different seasons and all that so I would say that there are so many resources nowadays to help you heal and I mean from the bottom of my heart that I believe that Jesse's modality is very very effective 
for this specific type of struggle because mm -hmm. um, this is no shaming whatsoever, any sort of odor, overeaters anonymous at, by any, any means. But I think that something that's hard specifically with other programs is that often they try to have you abstain from certain foods where like you need to eat food a few times a day. So it's just not the same. Um, and I think also reminding them that you're not a, like you're not addicted to food. You're not like insane at all. Like this is the way that your brain and body are responding to years of restriction and negative self-talk and, and not allowing yourself to live or have many things. Yeah. And I think that like hearing your story, Brenda, and like also people hearing Jesse's story on Friday, I just think it's so beautiful because it's like when you hear what someone has been through and what their struggle was and then to see that they went on this healing journey and like are on the other side of it and again not to say that it is perfect and sunshine and rainbows every day but like I think it's so in inspiring to see like oh well they got through it like maybe I can get through it too and maybe I can feel that freedom too and I just think that that's really beautiful yeah and and that's what what the cool part is 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 I think Jessie says this in her episode on Friday too but like I totally still have anxieties and all these things but they're not Oh, 99% of the time, they're not about food and body. Um, that's amazing. So that's what's cool is that, no, I'm by no means a, a perfect human being, but it's what's so cool is that those issues don't, they don't align with, with that anymore. That's amazing. And it's just, I just, from an outside point of view, like, I just see you so much happier in like your social life and just day to day when it comes to like that topic. And like, it, it's just beautiful to see you like happy and free from something that was weighing you down so much for so long mm -hmm, definitely uh, i do have a question though but like was it hard to tell people in your life that you were struggling with something that made that you felt yeah. other people weren't struggling with the way you were absolutely it was it was so difficult and i think especially with when it came to binging because it, it felt like such a shameful thing to be dealing with especially when I had felt that I worked so hard to achieve this like specific body. Um, I think I didn't really know how to explain it to people because their automatic response, like in not a rude way, but if, if I was saying to them, I really want to be small, but like I find myself continuing to eat, like their response would just be, so just stop eating. Not like all together, but like stop the extra eating. Right, right. And I would just like struggle so hard to explain it to them mm -hmm. um, because it didn't really make much sense to me. And I think that it's it's hard for us to convey anything to someone that we don't fully understand. Totally. So um, yeah, it was so hard, especially because I think I'd always like overachieved throughout my life or I had at least intended to. Mm -hmm. So to share something that I felt so debilitated by and that I knew would only continue to debilitate me if I didn't like do something about it, that it just would like continue to do that. I, or I would have these ideas like um, I would like when I first told my parents, I just wasn't sure how to share it. I remember when I told you guys, like I, I still didn't really understand how to go mm -hmm. about it. At the time when I told, I remember you, Haley and Farah, like I hadn't found Jesse's course yet. Right. And it was hard. It was hard to let down those walls because I think throughout my especially in college, I felt so empowered by the people around me and they would call me superwoman. And I loved that. It was like the most fulfilling thing to mm. feel like people really, really saw me as making an impact and as capable of doing all the things. So to have to say like, I'm not, <laughs> not mm. perfect. Um, not that I ever said I was perfect, but just like letting down that guard of I'm deeply totally. struggling with this and yeah, I need yeah. help with this. Yeah. Um, was really hard. Yeah. But do you feel like it was really important that you told people? It was so important. I think that with every thing that you share, it kind of like with every person that I told, I feel like it allowed me to understand it more and it allowed me to break down my walls more. Mm -hmm. And it like took a little bit of weight off of me to have other people in my life know that I knew would solely support me. And I think it made just dealing with the healing easier. I guess mm -hmm. because people were more cautious about what they were talking about um, or just the way they talked about something, you know, mm -hmm. like the way they talked about being like exercise or like all these things that at the time were a more triggering for me. Totally. Yeah. So it just helps so much. And I think sharing anything with people that you love allows them to understand you. But I think it also allows people to be honest with you. And I think I've gained the best friendships and like even our friendship, Drew, has I feel like strengthened so much from us being so vulnerable with Definitely. how we're feeling 
Mm-hmm. And I think it's just, it's, it's brought about the best types of conversation. Yeah. And support. Yeah. And where, where do you feel like you are now in that journey? Yeah. I, I feel like I'm just in the best place. I feel really aligned. Mm-hmm. I think aligned is a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like I'm able today to incorporate healthy habits and to challenge myself, you know, physically with exercise and not feel an association with food. I feel like I can pursue health and fitness goals without like falling back into old patterns because I've gained such a level of awareness. Mm-hmm. And because everything that I do in this area comes from a place of self-respect mm-hmm. as opposed to self-hate. Yeah. I feel like you took your power back. Like at a point, food and exercise and body image had power over you. And I feel like now you have power over them. Like you took that power back. Definitely. Thanks for sharing your story, bud. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one last tip that I would have for anyone, like friends, I think this was a good tip um, that we've asked before, but like, how do you talk to a friend who you think might be struggling with something like this? Yes. I think approaching it with like really, really calm, um, you know, a really, really calm and caring demeanor. I had my friend Sammy who um, will be on the podcast soon. Um, She was the first person to tell me, from a place of love and care, like, hey, are you sure this is this is right? Are you sure? Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with talking to someone. And mm-hmm. she just came from such a sweet and genuine place. And she stuck it in my head. I didn't believe her at the time. I totally shut her down. I was like, no, no. Oh, my God. No, I'm fine. <laughs> um, but she really planted that seed in my head to mm-hmm. consider it and to recognize that there could be something deeper. And I knew yeah. she was coming from a place of love. And she genuinely supported me throughout the I, – I, could not have gotten through it without her. So I'm so deeply grateful. But I think to approach it carefully, mm-hmm. but it definitely sticks with someone. Yeah, I mean, just like we've mentioned before, like just how something negative can stick with us for so long, something positive can stick with us too, even if we don't realize the effect of it right away. Like it's it's amazing how like when you come from the place of support and love and kindness and caring that like it really does stick with someone, even if at first they're resistant to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that was super powerful, but thank you so, so much for sharing. I think that hearing your story is going to help a lot of people, whether someone is going through their own struggle or whether someone has a friend that may be going through a struggle. I just think hearing your story is going to make a lot of people feel less alone. And I'm so excited for everybody to hear Jesse's story on Friday and to hear, you know, Brenda mentioned Jesse's program because it was part of yeah. her journey, but to hear a little bit about how Jesse's program works, of course, you know, it's, I'm sure it's not for everybody everyone has their own healing journey and there's a lot of very luckily nowadays there are a lot of resources so of course find what works for you but I think it'll be cool for you guys now that you've heard Brenna's story to hear about the program that really helped her get to this other other side yeah and it is so possible for anyone out there who is struggling with this or struggling with anything know that it is possible to achieve and feel all of the things that you want to feel it's possible to have you know health and fitness goals it's possible to have an easy breezy relationship with food and your body and to carry that throughout your life um i didn't think it was possible but it is, I promise. And Jesse is also such a beautiful example of that. So thank you guys for listening. I know it was long, but hopefully it has brought some value to your life. And with all that being said, we will see you guys on Friday. See you Friday. Bye. Thanks for listening to Roaring Twenties Podcast. Be sure to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and please subscribe. You're never alone. Our pride sticks together. Tune in every Monday and Friday for new episodes of Roaring Twenties Podcast. You get to start your week with us and end your week with us. With With love, Brenda and Julia. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. 
Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.